Human family, thank you for tuning in. I'm Keenan White, and I'll be sharing stories, dialogues, and methodologies for leading a conscious, abundant life. To me, luminous is a word that connects us to our vital life force energy and soul essence. Your bioluminosity is a barometer for health, a gauge for abundance, true prosperity, and a luminous way of life. In this podcast, I hope you find a more effortless way of tuning into the wisdom of your body, soul, and spirit. We'll explore the many faces of medicine, creativity, and self-mastery as it evolves and spans into esoteric and ancient wisdom and modern paradigm shifts in consciousness. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Luminous Possibilities. I'm here with Dr. Fred Grover again. We're going to do part two, sacred sexuality and unity consciousness. Fred, how's it going today? Going great, Keenan. So awesome to see you, man. Yeah, great to see you too. I had such a great episode last time. I would love if you could just say a few words about you know yourself and what you're about. If people didn't catch you from the the first episode before, like what's uh, what's happening with you? What are you up to? Um, how do people get a sense of who you are in your multifaceted, <laughs> revolutionary approach approach to medicine? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a functional medicine doc. My foundation's in family medicine. Um, so I, I seek to find the, the root cause of, of medical issues, chronic disease, or symptomology, rather than just treating the, the smoke. I try to find the fire and put that out. Um, I also do a lot of regenerative medicine, so hormone balancing, uh, optimizing telomere length, uh, improving mitochondrial function, reducing inflammation. And then lastly, but not least, uh, psychedelic medicine. We do a lot of ketamine work in the practice, and I've seen so many breakthroughs in terms of treatment of depression, treatment of anxiety, OCD, or just simply opening people up to the beauty of higher dimensional spaces. And having done that um, in the office and having spoken to so many people about their psychedelic experiences, I've realized that it's such a, a huge opportunity for all of us to uh, go a little deeper, to heal ourselves uh, by going into these realms through the various plant medicines and uh, synthetic um, psychedelics to achieve that. And um, what I will say today, um, I will have to say is based upon uh, what other people have told me. If I say it's based on my personal experience, I could get myself in trouble as a physician. So consider everything I say is um, advice from other uh, experts in the field that I know that have traveled into that, that space. Um, I was uh, feeling a little bit worried last night, waking up, you know, at 4 a.m. And, and I think I'm feeling the, the angst of the election tomorrow. Got my vote in uh, to the ballot box yesterday. And I'm hopeful that our Proposition 122, which will um, you know, allow some of the psychedelics to come on board, including ayahuasca here in Colorado, to happen. Um, but it's gotten kind of mixed reviews, and, and I think people are um, unnecessarily a little bit worried about it instead of embracing it uh, and being able to flow with this bill in terms of figuring out some of the detail work down the road. So hopeful that it passed tomorrow. And I, I feel that we can pass it, and other states will hopefully follow suit and uh, bring it on board as well. So that's kind of what's happening. That's <laughs> a pretty pretty big moment for for the the country, the world. Uh, I mean, you know, definitely the state of Colorado, and even you know the city of Denver is a little bit different. I know Denver County's been a little bit more uh, of a pioneer on that front having just legalized or it wasn't legalization, but a decriminalization of psilocybin. Right. Yeah. Decriminalizing that a, a couple of years ago was, was a great thing for Denver. I wish it was statewide. And, and now we're going for the full statewide uh, decriminalization. And I don't know if we call it legalization, but I think that's kind of where it's trending and it will be available um, not in a way that medical marijuana is, but uh, in a more limited way that will definitely improve access for many people and hopefully for individuals that want to do it in a setting of a medical office, they can do it there, uh, but it will still be totally available in the 
underground environment as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Amazing. Yeah. So in terms of this collective energy, you know, and what's happening, that's a, some exciting news. I mean, I know that, um, you know, some of the, of what I've been feeling is almost kind of like something's about to pop. There, it just kind of feels like a pressurization, you know, with everything that's happened um, economically with inflation. And I think that's just created a little bit of a, a pressurizing stressful energy for, for the collective. And I wonder if you might address or, you know, mention anything about how, you know, this collective consciousness is evolving currently and where you see that going in the near future? Yeah, great question. I think there's that small percentage of us, probably 1% that are going through the awakening process or, or have awakened and are seeking to um, promote and radiate great energy, uh, that oneness, that beautiful light. Um, but the rest of the planet is kind of in that dark space. And I feel that even 1% of us could potentially shift the whole planet, um, but it, it's got to be one of those things where we're working a little bit harder, uh, doing our diligence in terms of the psychedelic work, in terms of meditation, mindfulness, and, and being kind to one another uh, to counter what's happening in the world. And I, I think that there's just so much anger and division uh, you know, that I'm feeling as this election's coming in and, and hearing uh, you know, all the dialogue around What's going to happen if uh, Republicans take over the the House and Senate? Is Biden going to be impeached? You know, are we going to see the loss of all these freedoms of, of choice, of voting, of, of democracy? Right, and and it's a really uh, worrisome scenario. How do we reset and go back to that place of of altruism, of caring for one another, of being respectful and civil towards one another, and finding love? And, and I think. So much of it is using some of these primal plant medications, using some of our beautiful synthetic medications, which have come up to allow us to let go of this baggage that we're encountering in this challenging 3D world around us. So um, we've got to get the word out to others, uh, definitely bring others into this community and, and find ways to shift them in a, a rapid and effective means. I think the ramp up has been accelerating, but we need to take that logarithmic curve a little steeper in terms of the aspect of awakening. How do you feel about that, Keenan? Does that yeah. kind of resonate? Yeah, with you yeah, too? it really, it really does. I, I full heartedly agree. It, it seems like we're, we're in the need right now of tools that take us there a little bit quicker. And I was just out in Colorado, learning this new tool, Rapid Rewire, which you know can speed up some of these re the neurophysiological rewiring in the brain around the response to one's environment and you know if, if you're holding an emotional trigger or charge or energy around a particular situation that's disproportional to that thing that's going on you you've got some charge there and likely there's going to be you know some traumatic event or some situation from the past that's you know there's energy being held in the body Anyway, the the method, this method being able to to move through that much quicker, I think, is vital at this time. And that's one of the things that piqued my interest about going and learning that was how do we get, you know, get people results and get people into more of these non-dual states of awareness and consciousness much quicker, where they're not so identified with that immediate egoic experience or this personality structure that can be very tied into the the societal conditioning of, you know, what's what's true, what's meaningful, what's valuable, what's, you know, a compass for leading one's life. I think when we can de-identify a little bit from all that material and step a little bit more into this selfless, timeless space, um, then it's a lot easier to access these, these parts of us that, um, you know, I think are are just connected to more of a, a love energy because, like to me, right in that in that non-dual place where we're not like thinking one thing is good or bad, it's not held. There's just a sense of neutrality. There's a sort of zero point um, place that we can go into, and to me, like that's unconditional love and in a in a 
in a felt way. Um, I think on a, um, you know, in a union space, I think it's just where consciousness and energy meet. And I think the, the feeling generally that I get there is just love. Um, and, and that, that love energy to me is, is the intelligence of our, our multi-layered, multi-dimensional being that allows us to trump disease and um, not even really trump disease, but not allow disease to come in as easily. So mm -hmm. it's, it's vital. Yeah. I think that we step, step as fully as we can into to that love energy and yeah, I know my environment sometimes just walking around and, you know, feeling, feeling a little bit of the, the, the people closed down and, you know, luckily I think people have been generally very, very friendly and compassionate towards one another. It's, it's nice to see how far that goes, you know, just if you're checking out and you're buying some fruit at the grocery store, just saying hi, asking somebody how they're doing. Um, anyways, these small things can go a long way. I think we're about to jump into some <laughs> deeper layers of what's possible here, but um, I think I think it's good to remember how simple it can be in terms of making this shift. Absolutely, yeah, well stated. And yeah, I think a lot of it is taking that default mode network, as we call it, our frontal lobe offline, that is. Uh, creating that filter and, and not allowing us to go to that place of love. And as a result of the, the filters that are in us, we may have bias or prejudice or judgment towards somebody that we see in that grocery store. Um, and if we're able to step back and, and take that filter down and just smile and, and try to be human and, and share with them from that loving space, it's a completely different world. But I, I think people are in this, you know, fight or flight mode of sympathetic overdrive with everything that's going on economically, um, the climate, everything um, that is harder for them to go into that, that space. And so I, I think individuals like you and I and others must try to engage them into that space of human connectivity rather than disconnectivity and find ways to make that happen. If it's as simple as, is a smile walking down the street or in the store or trying to be in circle with them around a campfire and, and going deep with, with the plant medicines. So, so many different ways we can go there. Yeah, definitely agreed. Well, I, I love the, the, the place we're in now because it feels like we can segue nice, nicely into where some of these other therapies and, you know, I know you want to speak to a couple substances and medicines that uh, may be highly beneficial to supporting people come into more of that heart space, come into more of that regulated nervous system, come into more of the, the vital energy of the energetic body, the life force energy, really. Um, what is it that you, you know, maybe if we don't even suggest or go down this road of talking about how psychedelics play a role, how antigens play a role in all this, mm -hmm. um, what's your take on, you know, people being able to step out of that prefrontal lobe and get back into that. Like what is your general advice recommendation I, I perspective? Say, yeah. I, I would say we can get there, you know, without plant medicines. Uh can be done with holotropic breath work, can be done with meditation, can be done simply with hiking in nature, uh, with music, with sound therapy, um, multiple modalities can take that prefrontal frontal cortex um, offline. The, the challenge is sometimes we are distracted and, and have something come up while we're meditating or, or hiking, and we have to be willing to just let that thought go, <laughs> like water under the bridge, and then move on to that space of timelessness and love and connect to our deeper selves or heart chakra and whatnot so i think finding that time even if it's only once a week it, it can make a difference you know we can do it every day obviously it's going to be much more powerful but i challenge people to even find an hour once a week for starters and then to try to make it a, a daily practice yoga of course tai chi qigong all those practices can help and there's many others that 
can also do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, there's one coming up for me too. I've been really loving Richard Rudd and the Gene Keys. And one of the books he wrote called the art of contemplation is a really beautiful entryway into a practice that meets in the middle a little bit as seeing that on one side, we can take this approach of, you know, stepping out of the immediate experience and detaching, or we can lead, uh, you know, we can lead into life and go into relationship, go into experience and basically find divine either way. The contemplative approach is somewhere in the middle. And that book is a really beautiful way of understanding how just simply pausing in your day can be that profound. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great read. And I I try to touch on that in the spiritual genomics book that I I wrote, uh, you know, provide a toolkit for different mindful-based activities to shift your DNA into a state of wellness and regenerative um, flow, uh, while at the same time connecting ourselves to to higher consciousness. And I I love that there's so many people writing about this. You know, I was listening to uh, Stephen Greer, who's a retired emergency room physician who's uh, done a lot of disclosures on the whole alien phenomenon and whatnot. And it's so fascinating that, you know, he's really seeking that union between science and spirituality and, and finding that for us to achieve contact uh, with these higher level beings, it, it's going to be more of a spiritual approach and an openness and um, going to that place of love to be able to make that contact. It can't be in a, a state of um, fright or fear. It um, has to be in a, a loving conscious state. Uh, because they are these higher level beings. And he was talking about how for civilization to really become in that realm of almost like Christ consciousness or Buddha consciousness, whatever you want to call it, uh, just kind of a level seven, eight of no wars, people being caring for each other, it's going to take a huge evolution of of awakening. and, And we're just at the break of dawn with with this right now uh, making it happen and i think as we continue this path hopefully you know (laughs) a thousand years or or less maybe it could be 10 years we could uh shift the planet in a powerful way Uh, who knows what it will take (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely on the horizon for us if we choose um and then you know we on our in our last discussion we were talking about psilocybin and the benefits of psilocybin and, and sacred sexuality and, and how it can help us achieve these higher states of consciousness and union with our partners. Uh, it's a great discussion and uh, I still believe it's one of our most powerful um, molecules that the fungi has, has offered us and it's been around for thousands and thousands of years on every continent. Um, it's been identified and utilized uh, except for Antarctica, which is probably soon mm-hmm. to come. Um, but I, I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about a couple of the synthetics and then some of the other natural elements that are a little higher level in terms of the psychedelic effects and what they may offer to couples and, and to the individual as well. And um, I thought even starting with uh, LSD would be um, good. And um, I, I would just like to share that my Patients that have worked with this on their own have had these huge, deep, um, kind of kundalini um, awakening type experiences is kind of in the the theme that I've heard the most. Uh, A lot of root chakra activation, as well as what we see with the psilocybin, a lot of um, proof sensations of taste and touch and, and obviously the visual enhancement as well as sometimes geometry and other colors coming in. Um, so I think that that in a, you know, medium dose, sometimes a low dose can be very helpful for couples in terms of moving the, the needle a little further in terms of their connectedness and unity consciousness that they can achieve together. So um, I think it can be a, powerful molecule that was gifted to us um, from science and, uh, you know, continues to be available. I'm, I'm hopeful that it will soon be 
legal again, but I think it's going to be a little longer process to to get that one on the uh, legalized um, field here in Colorado and beyond. Um, With this one, yeah. what, what would you say is your um, your perspective on how this differs in terms of a substance and how you may approach LSD? compared to an experience with psilocybin or ayahuasca, you know, what makes this unique and why would one choose this over one of those others? I think it takes you a little further um, uh, than, than mushrooms, although I think mushrooms at a higher dose can take you there as well. The, the challenge with mushrooms are the side effects can be a little bit more um, prominent Whereas with L, I, I think the side effects in terms of nausea and temperature changes are, are minimal to non-existence, which allows uh, the couple to be a little bit more playful and to have a duration uh, uh, that's typically about 14 hours long. So there's more opportunity to dive into it, given the longer duration of action and then less side effects, which I think uh, can be very helpful in terms of not putting the one or the other partner down uh, in a space that you know may not allow them to interact quite as much. So that'd be the main difference there. I think since it's uh, synthetic, we don't have that element of um, sacred medicine with it like we do with ayahuasca, San Pedro, and uh, peyote. Um, so the element of feeling more comfortable um, being in union with a lover with this medicine uh, is a factor, whereas with these other plant medicines, um, we hold them sacred to a container and a circle with a shaman. And um, most of us feel that uh, it shouldn't be um, part of a sexual flow to be using these other plant medicines um, concurrently. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, go ahead. Your you thoughts on, on that particular molecule. Have you had experience or other people share yeah. with you on, uh, on that yeah. one as well? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Happy to share. Yeah. Um, you know, the times in which I've explored, you know, for me, it's always about really checking in personally, you know, is this in my highest alignment for my greatest well-being? my health, my relationships. And I usually, you know, first of all, just start off with a way of tuning in with my intuition. You know, what is my yes? What is my no? And really being clear with that energetically mm -hmm. so that, you know, first of all, if I'm saying yes to an experience like this, then, you know, it's a full yes. It's, it's something that is really aligned for me to be in. You know, sometimes, um, you know, and I, sometimes I have said yes to things and it's not really been maybe the best situation um, or, or time in my life or whatever it is. Um, but in these beautiful times in which I've been able to explore sexuality in a sacred container of union and exploring essentially the divine in one another and unifying the energies in, in our systems, it's it's been an incredible experience. I mean, I, I think the, um, the thing that stands out to me in, in which make experiences with L profound in terms of, of sexuality is that there's there's something about showing up in another person's presence, particularly when you're completely naked and you're totally vulnerable and you're you're just all there. There's really there's nothing to do but be present with that person. And when in this experience there's it's almost like kind of placing your your ego structure to the side for a little while and being able to more easily ac access the parts of oneself that don't necessarily get to express so i find you know sometimes there's just conversations that occur that have been profound but a, a lot of times i feel the you know going into more of the nonverbal space and allow allowing some of that telepathic communication to occur can be really profound. You know, what happens when we actually, 
drop the necessity or need to feel like I need to sh to share something. I mean, sure, if words come up, that's great. But what I was finding was that um, there's a, a beautiful way of unifying, you know, with your partner and with your own energies in um, in just this pure presence with one another. And mm -hmm. so I, I, I would say that at first. And then I think, um, I, I guess that, you know, one of the things that stands out to me too, is that in a, in a sexual experience, you, you know, you, you're there essentially to, to be in a state of giving and receiving. Right. And so if you're not, you know, in my experiences where I was not, there was resistance to receiving pleasure you know there's it was almost like uh the the default mode within me was more shut down in a particular moment you know and it's like okay well that's interesting why is that coming up or you know that may be coming up for the other person and of course there's some some awareness and i think you know with set intentions and you know creating agreements with one another beforehand to be able to hold each other through that, to love each other in some of these darker moments, there can be such healing that takes place because, you know, it's in those moments where we we break through to actually feel worthy or um, feel like, oh yeah, well, I want to bring all of myself here. You know, of course I would, I would love to receive from you. You know, there's those layers of resistance are, you know, to me, they're psychological defense mechanisms that have been set up somewhere. And that sexual experience is there to help you break those down and bring you more into your pure essence. And the quality of consciousness that to me is really just our, it's our kind of original face. It's our pure innocence. It's that, it's that true self. It's the, it's the, the being in there, the authentic nature that's in there that was probably wanting to come full out, you know, during that first seven years of life. But in the times in which we, some of the layers of conditioning have come in, maybe we felt like, oh, well, I'm never going to do that again, or I'm not going to be heard in that way. I'm not going to be, um, I'm just not accepted. And whatever, you know, we've told ourselves as a small child or at any age that may have shut us down, you know, those things can live on in the system. And, and, so these kind of experiences, I think just they have a way of kind of going in and being able to almost kind of expose that and just kind of bring it to the surface. And I mm -hmm. think if 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 the two parties, you know, or maybe more are um, interested in in being able to dismantle some of that, then um, I think there's there's such powerful healing in that in that process. Yeah, yeah. I so agree. And. Yeah, thanks for bringing up the um, important element of, of consent and setting intentions. I think before we do medicine work, we always want to consent with our partner in terms of what we're comfortable with and consent, um, you know, in terms of the, the medicine and, and how deep we're going with it, et cetera. So uh, it's really important. But I, I agree. It's, it's an element of um, allowing us to heal each other and the medicines open us up in a way to where we can feel our energy bodies to be able to do um, energy medicine. So sometimes I may be working my partner's heart chakra. I may be working their third eye or their crown. Um, I might be doing tantric body work to just flow intuitively with what I'm feeling or, or what they want to receive. I'll, I'll ask them, you know, what are you feeling? Do you feel stuck here? Do you feel you've got some energy that needs to be cleared out of your third chakra and by being in that more vulnerable state of open energy field we're able to really uh, extract dark stuff and flow in the light and then open our chakra fields to each other in this deep toroidal fashion that is um, beyond imaginable in a, a conscious state um, and I think it's a matter of finding that the perfect level of medicine and that perfect flow between one another that allows for the vulnerability, um, but then also allows for the other partner to know when to give and flow energy and, and to ask for advice on, on where to go. 
terms of that that whole process. And then I think that when it dives into the the sexual flow, it can be a much more intense, sensual experience that can result in a more profound orgasmic um, experience as well that can hold the couple in a space that feels more radiant and truly you know explosive in terms of the energy that is shed from the couple during that that state of ecstasy and i feel that many of us will will kind of use that energy release to send it out into the the planet into the world to uh, shift the energy of others around us um, so it's not just about us it's about sharing that love and, and bliss with the surrounding um, community and the world around us so uh, that always comes to mind um love that. i wanted to touch yeah i wanted to touch on mdma um it's another substance that hopefully will be legalized uh, to a certain degree here in colorado with uh, ongoing propositions and, and with the work of uh, MAPS and, and Dobbs and, and whatnot. Um, I think that can be a very powerful medicine. Is, is it psychedelic? I, I think to a certain degree um, it is, um, but most of it is just the heart-opening, sensation-enhancing element that people talk about that allows one to connect more deeply to a lover and to expand that heart chakra flow and root chakra um, even deeper. And, and you get some of that with um, LSD, but MDMA definitely takes it to a, a deeper level in terms of the heart element and the flow there. Um, and then I, I think it can be so healing and so bonding um, in terms of, of what happens there with, with that experience. Again, if it's held in a a state of, of respect, a state of going to um, a sacred sexuality flow, which is going to um, pulse that light energy out into the world and the universe, um, and it's not used in a, a reckless way. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Keenan? Have I touched on a few of the things that resonate with you or what yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we can help each other check in with what we're both missing. There's so much in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's fun to unpack on that. I mean, that could be a four hour discussion, just that one molecule. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, there's only so many words that can be offered, I think for that kind of experience, but I, I would, you know, I'll speak to at least the, the piece around the hard coherence. You know, and it, it, there's just an element of that, you know, substance being able to bring us into our heart path. You know, I, I just, when I think about it, I think about a heart open experience. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if there's any, if there's any trouble in that area, I think it, it's always related to a resistance of dropping in to that mm -hmm. heart space, you know, where, where we're, we can be a little too much in our head and then it can feel almost like, well, wait a minute what's happening here as it, as the energy is kind of moving down and wanting to flow into all the chakras. Um, but I think, you know, starting with a, a lower dose there is always better. You know, it's um, something that I think actually has a neurogenic, uh, has an effect of neurogenesis. Um, mm -hmm. It can actually awaken up some of the, um, the, places in the brain that have kind of gone dark and bring us um, some more harmony in, in there as well. So just that state of consciousness to be able to explore and share with one another can be, um, I think, actually a, a really great therapeutic intervention practice or uh, just experience that allows the couple to open up verbally and emotionally and really share I, I do find that I, I I'm much more willing to share like how I'm feeling and what's going on and what's happening where I feel like with L, you know, it's a little different because it's a little more cosmic. I kind of feel mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm brought into this uh, diamond luminosity of mind. And mm -hmm. that mind is not like thought based, but more like a state of clear consciousness. 
where I think MDMA is a little bit more like bringing you in right into the energy. Um, that's a little bit more leaning towards that. So the feelings are, you know, coming out and it's good, I think, to kind of move a little bit, you know, kind of shake things up a little bit and allow some of that energy to move if, if you feel stagnant. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the the piece that you mentioned about bringing some of the effects of this ecstatic orgasmic height and, you know, the climb, the climax of the experience or, you know, the many climaxes of the experience into the collective sphere is just really beautiful. I just want to kind of emphasize that as well, because I think, you know, the, these things we tend to think, well, it's just happening in this room or it's happening wherever it is. And it truly is being brought into the world. And I think, an experience like MDMA, you know, can bring us into more of an ability to have a reference point for being able to express, being able to feel, you know, more deeply. And so those experiences that are had privately can be really taken into one's world and one's life. And it's almost like having now like the key to a lot to a thing that maybe, you know, you didn't have before. And you can just kind of open that anytime. Absolutely. I, I love the way you differentiated uh, MDMA from L, and, and I agree, L can be a little distracting, particularly at the higher doses. Um, MDMA can be a little intense at the higher doses. So you have to find that level that allows you to interact without being overwhelmed. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I do feel, particularly when you're in that post-orgasmic state and you're, you're holding your, your partner, your lover, that if we can just go into that field of, of universal love and unity consciousness and just feel our auric light body field expanding millions of miles out yeah. into the universe and, and just sending love that it has such a um, profound effect, not just on ourselves, but by sharing with others, um, it interconnects our field to um, that unity consciousness and, and love. So, definitely encourage people to at least visualize that. And then as they visualize it, they'll definitely start to feel it. And then we'll find that even when we're not using these medicines, we're just in our normal conscious state that these feelings will come up readily because we've developed those neural tracks through these um, enhancements of, of working with these meds. So amazingly powerful in terms of where we can go with it. Yeah. Yeah, so I think those two synthetics are amazing. I know some some of you may not be uh, on board with synthetic medicines, and that's fine. But I, I think you know, for those that are open to it, I think they they offer quite a bit as well. Um, going on to other natural plant medicines, um, I was going to touch a little bit on uh, ayahuasca, San Pedro, uh, or Wachima, as we call it. Um, and peyote, I think um, ayahuasca, you know, which works through the spirit molecule DMT, um, can be such a powerful tool. And many of us have worked with this medicine in the rainforests of Peru, and including myself. I'll share that. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and within the the sacred container, uh, we're able to have these beautiful out of body experiences, which can show us our energy body, can show us things that need to be cleared. Um, uh, negative energy and the ability to bring in that positive energy through the help of a shaman or, or even through our own work, um, seeing what needs to be done. And through this process of, of ceremony in that sacred container, um, once we've gone through our integrative process, we can bring that home and then be more balanced lovers for our partners and by doing that, uh, it can definitely allow us to go further uh, with some of these other medicines, whether it's psilocybin, uh, LSD, MDMA, um, et cetera. And um, just gives us a, another opportunity for that uh, quantum leap. I think the, the mescaline derivatives of um, San Pedro and peyote offer some similar benefits, not quite as deep uh, as what we would find in, in ayahuasca, but still very profound. Um, 
the mescaline derivatives definitely last longer, you know, 12, 14 hours compared to Aya, typically being more four to six. Um, so you have a little bit more time to work on yourself and to um, connect with nature with those particular plants and then to integrate that and, and bring that integration and flow back to your lover as well. So I, I think they, um, they definitely have a lot of great utility. The, the challenge is because of their sacredness, um, most of us feel that it, it should be held in that group circle and then that energy is then brought home after integration. Um, you kind of concur with that, Keenan, or more deep thoughts from your end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, I would concur. I mean, I think there's an important piece about remembering that the the medicines are, you know, they're, they are what they are. And then really the, the true medicine often is the community you know, and the people that you're with. And so when you're, when you're coming home and you're integrating the experience, I think it's important to remember that element of, all right, what are my, what are my new connections? What are my new relationships? And maybe those are not with people, you know, maybe they're with the elements or the sun, uh, the moon or the planets, or, you know, some facet of our existence or this planet. It may, it may just be a deeper connection to Gaia and the earth and you know, remembering or listening or feeling into this living consciousness that exists here on earth and that we have access to and, you know, that also wants to come through us. Um, and I, I think that, you know, any aim here, we may consider really, you know, maybe personal healing and maybe collective healing um, in terms of the unity consciousness. I think, you know, being able to connect to the unified field of awareness to the fact that everything is interconnected really feels important. And, and, and that can start very immediately as just the people around you and how important those relationships are. Absolutely. And I, uh, yeah, very well stated. I think when we come back from, from a journey, um, so important to discuss the experience with our, our partners and, you know, hopefully they've been in the circle with us and they can share um, the elements that came in from them in terms of downloads and energetic flow. But if not, and it's been done on an individual basis, just sharing what came in, was it a deeper connection to Gaia? Was it a big shift in what we want to do in our, our work life or personal life? Um, did things come in in terms of awareness around a physical issue that we need to, to balance? Um, and then seeking that support and embracement by the partner to help us move in that direction to to further heal and maybe it's an element okay i need to go back and work with this medicine a few more times and peel off those layers of an onion so i'm able to be a, a more present authentic loving individual um, with my partners so um i think there's so much deep work that can be done with with all these psychedelic medicines and it's so hard to say which one is best, what's my favorite, things of that sort. I think they all have their their gifts and beauty, and so much of it is the individual just trying to figure out what resonates and what works for them. And, and it could be one year they're only working with one particular plant, or it could be one year they're working with four different plants. It really needs to be kind of in flow for what's coming in for them and, and what's lining up with them in a synchronistic matter, manner. And... Um, you know, just experiencing it and uh, uh, making that the next decision of, of where to go. Yeah. Um, With all your research, Fred, and then just kind of your um, you, I know you're about to re um, release a new book on this very topic. Is that correct? Just yeah, remind me of when it's coming out, and maybe you could speak a little bit to that, right. and then just kind of how you you view the evolution of all this. Yeah. So, yeah, the book is going to be called um, Psychedelic Sacred Sexuality uh, with some kind of a subtitle title that I've yet to determine, and, and I may have to do it under an Elias. <laughs> um, but really what I want to do is, is talk about the science and the spirituality uh, combined. So, you know, I'll go a little bit into some of the um, you know, biochemistry, some of the neurology, um, some of the... Um, 
elements of um, new age thought around energy medicine, some of the ancient um, wisdom on meridians uh, from the traditional Chinese medicine, as well as speaking of uh, Ayurveda and chakras. So trying to synergize um, modern medicine with ancient medicine and you know modern medications with psychedelic experience as well as ancient plant medicines. So piecing that together and diving much deeper in terms of what we've discussed on this podcast on each one, um, hopefully sharing some experiential elements from people that will, you know, maybe <laughs> a little bit of eroticism in there uh, to jazz it <laughs> up, right? Um, but then to, you know, break it up with a little bit of science in there too. So yeah, it, it's definitely coming together and I would hope that I'll have it out by next fall so fall of 23 is what i'm gonna aim for and uh yeah we can definitely um, get a website going and then kind of put some updates on that uh psychedelic sacredsexuality.com website that i've got saved i just need to start building it and adding some content to it and can update people on on when things are going to be coming it's not not up and running yet but soon will be yeah but I think the overall goal is, as we've been talking about, getting back to it is how do we get people to that beautiful state of oneness and unity consciousness and bring us back together from this divided state? And and I really feel this is the most powerful way we can do it. You know, the sacred sexuality flow just creates that divine masculine and feminine um, vortex of energy that's can't be found just in um, solitary uh, medicine work. And, and I know monks and, and other individuals are, are going to want to go solo at it, but I, I think if there's an opportunity to find a partner that wants to dive into this element of, of sacred flow with you, that it can magnify and accelerate the process of awakening and gives you that opportunity for your partner to help clear those energies, to help bring in that light, to help expand your auric field, to expand your light body, and then again, to um, flow that light out into the universe together like no other individual could do. And, um, you know, Buddha <laughs> would be one that could, right? <laughs> but most of us mortals... <laughs> Uh, Christ could do it, um, all the great sages, right? But I, I think most of us who are, um, you know, trying to tap into that wisdom, into that energy field, um, we can do it best through our individual practice and through sacred sexuality. Uh, and and so I'm going to basically put together a, a toolkit and talk about some experientials that people have had and then Put that out there so that people can be like, oh, this is something uh, that resonates with me and I, I want to try it and, and see how well it works. And, and hopefully it will help from the, the standpoint of just expanding consciousness. That's, that's all I've wanted to do with my books is just put that element of love and healing out there. There's really never been any kind of a financial benefit that I've thought about. It's all been about sharing wisdom, knowledge, and energy to make it a better place to live. Amazing. Yeah. It's um, a huge service to the world. I look forward to reading it too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I like the element of eroticism in there too. We all need a little extra. <laughs> right. We got to add, um, add a little fun in there. Why yeah, not? Yeah. Learn about um, science and, you know, yeah, throw in a little bit of that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to play with that a little bit, and then uh, get you to edit some of the sections for me. Make sure it's <laughs> I get too yeah, crazy in there. <laughs> Be fun. Some get some gals to look it over too. Um, so yeah, I, I think that uh, so much work to be done in this area, um, and the more we can educate people, you know, beyond what Michael Pollan's saying, which is great information, but fairly superficial, not very deep, right? Um, we can take it to several levels higher and then 
hopefully provide a, a resource for people safely pursuing the psychedelic space in a safe container and with consent and everything, then I think it's going to be for the you know, improvement of humanity, for sure. Um, one other medicine that I didn't talk about, last and final, is uh, the uh, desert sonoran toad, uh, the DMT molecule. And I think it, too, is a, a sacred molecule that can be utilized um, to expand consciousness, almost into that near-death experience of white light that will fractalize the individual to the beyond beyond and allow them to witness and feel unity consciousness in a way that is, um, I think, another quantum leap beyond, you know, where Aya and the, the plant medicines can take us. So um, I think that's an important one to consider experiencing. It's a much shorter experience, but profound and can be part of the toolkit for expanding consciousness further as well. And then, again, circling back to our daily practice of mindfulness, of contemplative um, meditation, of uh, connecting to nature with hiking, of energy flow with some of the um, yoga tai chi qi gong, um, we can further that uh, without having to use these particular allies. And I think just in our daily lives, always looking for that opportunity to um, smile at people and try to have that human connection. So we're in a flow of love and, and not just a bot going from here to there, completely oblivious to the human element and, and the energy surrounding us. Amazing. Yeah. Do you, I think that may have covered all the substances. Did, did you want to say anything else about um, this particular one in terms of sacred sexuality in that context? I'd, I would be curious if people have explored it within that context. I'd, I certainly have not. I mean, I, I don't know if it's possible, maybe in a very lower dose, but <laughs> um yeah, I mean, with yeah. that near-death experience and kind of, you know, going right into that beyond, beyond it certainly certainly leaves you in a pretty different state. Perhaps, you know, it could be something that um, happens before a sexual experience or, you know, sets the, the tone or the stage for, um, you know, exploring union together. Yeah, I, I would say, from what I've heard, that... Um... It definitely uh, opens your energy field um, from crown chakra to root. Very much a, a deep heart opening and a very profound root chakra opening, which can enhance the union following uh, that ceremony. So I, I think there's so much that can be um, gifted to the partner, particularly if the partner has also had an opportunity to participate in it on the same day that can be, um, you know, shared and received um, reciprocally that is deep. And even though you're not on the, the medicine after the fact, it, it definitely has opened you up in a way that I think persists for a day or two or longer, obviously. Um, and particularly in the, the hours following the ceremony can be very, very powerful for the lovers to connect with each other and flow into that. Um, yeah, Beautiful. thanks for uh, letting me expand on that. It's funny, as I was leaving this morning, I, I saw my little uh, Unity Grid, which uh, is this little baby here, and I've worked with it a lot, placing it in different sacred spots around the world. There's one in Lake Titicaca. There's one in um, the sacred crater lake on Rapa Nui, Easter Island. I've got one. Um, on Lake Titicaca, actually, in front of Island of the Sun and by Island of the Moon. So it's got that masculine-feminine energy. Most of the energy of Lake Titicaca is divine-feminine. But this is called the Unity Grid, and there's a guy up north of Boulder that makes some metaphors as the group. And um, this can be, sacred geometry can be a, a powerful tool to utilize while in a psychedelic space. And sometimes I'll just 
roll it over my partner's body or I'll kind of do a little bit of um, flow with it to um, balance chakras or even, you know, like put it on the third eye and allow them to connect to it. And then I might have my third eye over here and then I might go direct third eye to third eye on them. Um, great tools for opening up energy flow a little bit more and going into that um, higher dimensional space. One can also find that when you look at these, you can get a visual entrainment to the geometry, which can suddenly take you down portals and different directions that are beyond beyond as well. Um, other things that are helpful are crystals. And I work a lot with these um, Lemurian crystals, which are very powerful, and I may put it on somebody's heart chakra or a smaller one up on their third eye. And I think that by placing crystals on a lover and, and then having them do the same for you and then flowing that energy uh, with that beautiful um, white light and connectivity that you get from crystalline energy can be um, another um, you know kind of next level experience to blend in there along with the tantric massage and whatnot um, and then sound therapy whether it's uh, utilizing Tibetan bowls or crystal bowls can be fun particularly on the the root chakra so you have your lover roll over you put it right down by their lower spine and spin it and resonate it sound will create a geometry which can clear negative energies and then infuse you with beautiful light energy you can just slowly move the ball all the way up to the shoulder blades and then <clears throat> of course you can play it around the body <clears throat> with a little ring so it doesn't dampen out but on the body <clears throat> you don't need to use a ring you just go directly onto the body and allow it to flow its beautiful amazing energy and some of you that are more talented can do things like didgeridoo and uh, maybe some drumming you know whatever resonates quote unquote with you to um, bring that partner into flow. So don't forget about blending those in once you're a little bit further down the trail in terms of psychedelic medicine. You can always bring in these tools to help you open up and clear things more readily. Thank you for sharing all that. It's nice to it's nice to just remember how playful it can be. And there's so many things we can bring into those experiences that enhance. And, yeah. Uh, I've always loved you know, um, yeah, playing with the crystal energy and the the light frequencies that go through that can be really activating. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, clearing. So powerful. Yeah. And I think even just being in nature during some of these experiences, you know, particularly, um, you know, San Pedro, peyote, um, psilocybin, uh, it's been very powerful for individuals because you're seeing the sacred geometry of the trees and the flowers and connecting to the Schumann frequency of Mother Gaia and being able to earth and ground yourself out while you're in a meditative state while looking at trees and you know, holding your partner's hand and, and just being one with Mother Earth is, is so powerful. Um, it could be sitting on the beach and just looking out over the ocean blue and hearing that beautiful sound of crashing waves and feeling all those negative ions coming off the water. Uh, could be sitting around a, a mountain stream and, and hearing that water cascade down a, a beautiful waterfall um, and the birds chirping, the crickets chirping, et cetera. All those little natural elements are, are so powerful. Nighttime fire is so, so powerful and primal. And I think sitting around a, you know, a natural fire, you know, gas fire pit can work too, but natural is always better, um, can be um, powerful, you know, for the individual and for the group in terms of just feeling that chi coming out and connecting to the stars above as you're watching the flames, the smoke fly above. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of just like, you know, how simple you know there may be a, a union we get to experience within um a sacred sexual container or a psychedelic container and yet just being in the, in 
around a fire, you know, it can be that moment too, where you get to, you know, just be a little more present and aware with taking the heat in and allowing that to come into your body or, you know, allowing whatever needs to, to be dumped out of your own system energetically into the earth while you're sitting there. Um, but I, one thing that's just kind of been sitting with me lately is just how important I think it is to really uh, just, and, and I think you, you captured this really beautifully just a moment ago is just being able to fill up with those experiences to the point where something something shifts you know it's like uh it if we lay on the beach long enough for example there there's that moment where you're like all right i think i'm i think i'm ready to go now you know i think i'm ready to go back home or go back to work or whatever it is and i just i wonder how how often it is that we get to have that experience you know where whether it's you know hanging a little bit longer with a lover you know after some intimacy um and maybe it's not even sexual but whether it is or not you know hanging in the energy of one another to that point of like all right i think it's you know i think we can go do something else now and i, I think there's there's a need for satiation for and a saturated experience within this unity field yeah of thanks for bringing that up yeah i think in that long enough essentially yeah, there's that afterglow that I think a lot of people don't take advantage of. And it's that stiff space of just holding one another and this beautiful, blissful oneness of, of love. And if we don't take advantage of that, I, I think we're, we're losing half of the whole experience. I mean, that's a huge part of yeah. it. It's just savoring that final element of, of the the beautiful journey through embracing one another and and just being right and not thinking so much but just appreciating that beautiful flow um so powerful i was i was just thinking as you were talking about how sometimes when i've uh, been in these deep experiences i've listened to mantra music and then chanted mantra music with my my lover and the flow of chanting a mantra like om minza sata om or om mana pati om you know things of that sort together um through the whole 108 times it's just um so powerful as well the voice and the, the resonant flow of how mantras will kind of go om mani pati om you know back down to the lower chakra um i think that can be something that can be done before, during, or after at any time, you know, your own sound healing just by chanting mantras. And it can be something as simple as putting on a track by Deva Pramal or Santam Kaur, or you may just want to chant the mantra with your mala beads and, and work through it, right? Um, but yeah, there's so many different things we can do to expand that experience with sound and sometimes just simply being there, right? So... Yeah, there's there's those moments, I think, and this is something I was noticing a little bit um, just with working with a, a couple clients and then, you know, working on myself and just, just see, sort of seeing this as like a, a kind of common theme is like, wow, you know, it it's like the, the transformative work that we can be involved with is so beautiful and amazing. And um, sometimes there's hard, hard moments, you know, and you, you're in the thick of it and you're in this kind of darkness and you're ready to see more of this lighter frequency come in. And then when we get there, um, it just kind of amazes me that we don't soak it in. And it's like, isn't, you know, we, we, we did all this work, we set this whole thing up and then it's like, all right, now just trying to pivot back into something else. And I, I just feel like this is such an important element because it, it is the, it is the, uh, the basking in that new energy that ultimately is allowing that new pattern to come online. And if we do the work and then we, if we kind of get into this new state of consciousness, whether that's, you know, it could be some level of joy or empoweredness or um, peace. If we don't really allow ourselves to have that, um, we're missing, like you said, half the picture. So <laughs> I just wanted to yeah. kind of emphasize that. I felt like it's been sitting on my mind lately and, um, yeah, 
I was just flashing back to when I was in Greece a couple of years ago before the pandemic and I'm out there on Santorini, you know, for the sunset and all these tourists are just running up there quickly, you know, to take their picture and their selfies and, and then snap the shot. And once it was set, they were gone. And there was just a few of us that were just sitting there afterward, you know, just appreciating the afterglow of the sunset and, and being, and I, I think the majority of, of people on the planet are, are into that quick materialistic. I want to get the picture and put it on Facebook or Instagram um, and, and not into the experiential of really feeling into the sunset and being there with the presence of the end of the day and the energy of this ancient volcanic islands and all the history of, of the Greeks and the Romans and Persians in, in that area. I mean, you can just feel it as you're, you're sitting there. Um, so it's a missed opportunity and, and sad to see that, you know, wherever I go, same thing, Machu Picchu, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting there meditating off in a corner and everybody else is running around just selfieing themselves up to, to do it. And, and so I think that's kind of destroyed our ability to connect to the place and to connect to one another, you know? Yeah, I think so it's, 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 we're out to dinner and we're texting five other people while you're trying to be present for somebody, right? <laughs> it's another great example. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a nice way to, to maybe close the circle and bring it full loop too, is, you know, why I think the sexual, sacred sexuality is so important too, because it, it just allows us to, to drop all that technology and just be present with one another yeah. and be in a, a field of a relational field of some kind and, and connect. Yeah. Exactly. It takes us offline, gets us into flow. We're not distracted because we're so focused on each other and this beautiful energy flow of masculine feminine energy that, uh, yeah, we're able to go into that deeper, higher dimensional space. So it's just such a powerful way to um, connect us to that higher consciousness to awaken ourselves. So definitely encourage everybody to pursue this realm of, of medicine work if it resonates with you and just to do it in a safe conscious manner and um, you know seek um, advice from other more experienced psychonauts uh, as you dive into this a little more deeply thank you so much Fred thanks for being here again and uh, yeah I'll be looking forward to more conversations as always Thanks for sharing your thoughts. Is there anything else you might want to mention? I think that's got it all for now. And, and if the listeners want to, to email us any, any questions, uh, we, we could definitely do a, a whole session just kind of answering deep thoughts, questions, comments, whatever may come in, positive or negative, just send it our way. Um, my email is just fgroverjr at gmail.com and welcome any of uh, thoughts you might have. And um, Keenan's going to have his listed i assume on the podcast so keep in touch and we'll try to do another one soon and then i'll i'll let you know once the website's up and running and uh the book is getting ready to birth so go from there all right beautiful thanks fred thank you take care thank you